Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. Blockhead was beating on me. And you said, I love you. That was just a game stop, right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And today we're discussing I Do from season three of Lost, a Kate-centric episode. And I'm going to let you kick us off this time. All right. Well, the first thing I had in my notes was that uh, we get to see that Kate did get uh, close to someone um, Mm -hmm. again, you know, and um, uh, this person we find out is actually his name's Kevin, and and, uh, it looks like she's planning to get married right uh, which is obviously everything we know about kate this is so uncharacteristic of of her uh-huh. you know um so it's just interesting to kind of see that side yeah and we don't have much of a sense of timeline um from you know whenever she went back and met up with that doctor that she right. was childhood friends with and now we don't really no. know how much time there is between there so yeah it would be interesting to see what happened to her to even allow herself to get involved with this mm-hmm. guy and, and really settle down definitely like she did yeah the next thing i had was you know in jack's cell he's kind of reviewing ben's x-rays yeah. there are a couple of interesting things there so let's just listen to that all right You took these blood tests, made all the notations. How old are the x-rays? Weak. The tumor on your spine is borderline inoperable. And at the rate it's growing, that borderline goes away in about one week. Oh. The OR we were in, is that fully equipped? Yes. Anesthesia? Sterile? Yes. You need to be in surgery yesterday. All right, then. Whatever you need, it's yours. I'm ready. (laughs) No, I think you misunderstood me. I didn't say I was going to do it. I just wanted you to understand how you're going to die. You think I believe you people 
You think I trust you that I'm gonna just do the surgery and hope that you let me go? Jack. Don't. Don't. Well, Jack, I'm very disappointed in your decision. Well, Ben, at least you won't have to be disappointed for very long. So, a couple of interesting things there. Um, the first thing I had was, of course, the x-rays are a week old. Right. So, we have an idea of how long all this has been going on. Um, the tumor is borderline inoperable and will be inoperable in a week. Uh, Ben's reaction to that news was almost exactly the same. I don't know if you noticed this as Sarah's when he told her that she was never going to walk again before her surgery. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, then Christian had that little scene with him where he told him he might want to work on his bedside manner mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But his, his response, Ben's response was, was like, you know, this, Oh, you know, like he was really in shock by what, how yeah. Jack had you know told him. Yeah. But I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was, I mean, obviously we've heard Jack talk about even himself and his bedside mm-hmm. manners. You know, he doesn't have a whole lot of, like, tact when it comes to delivering that type yeah. of information. Yeah, he just gives the cold, hard facts, and, and that's it. Yeah, definitely. So the last thing I had about that scene was, you know, he asks a few questions about the operating room and the equipment and all of that, but then tells Ben that he's not going to do the surgery. Mm-hmm. Which I found it odd that he even bothered to ask questions about their operations or their surgery setup if he wasn't going to do it. Yeah, it pointed either to the fact that he was going to and this was, you know, trying to get his, you know, had a plan going. Yeah. Or he was just trying to um, make uh, Ben anxious and then say, by the way, I'm not doing it. Now, to me, this is one of the few scenes that we've ever seen in Lost, like where you can actually feel the writers like trying to make um, something very like high tension. Uh Like they're trying to make this into a really high stress scene. And and it doesn't seem like the characters at all. It didn't really seem like Jack at all for him to say, I just wanted you to know how you were going to die. Yeah, exactly. So I've, I've never liked this scene much for that reason. Yeah. It doesn't feel real. It feels like TV show, right? Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. The next thing I had, um, you know, was that we we see Kate's fiance. And uh-huh. He says, "I love you, Monica." Right. Which, which was so odd. I remember the first time I was like, "Well, is her name really Monica?" Yeah. Because this guy obviously loves her, you know. Yeah. But you know, so she clearly isn't being upfront with this guy, which we find out later. Right. Definitely. And in the jungle, we're back with Locke and Saeed just after Echo's death. And uh, Saeed and Locke are walking together, and Locke confesses that he knows Echo was killed by the smoke monster. Mm -hmm. Let's listen to that scene. All right. So what killed Echo? Folks back at the beach call it the monster. I don't really have a name for it. You don't believe in monsters. I believe in what I can see. But obviously you have. So why don't you tell me what you think it is? Might be what brought us here. So you believe that this monster decided that Echo was meant to die? I believe Echo died for a reason. I just don't know what it is yet. Is that why you lied? We're not headed back towards the camp, are we, John? Sure we are. Just need to take a little detour first. 
So he says, folks back at the beach call it the monster. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a name for it. Yeah. Which, obviously, it doesn't really look like a monster. It looks like a blob of smoke. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, I mean, there's only been a few people to actually see it. Right. You know, so, I mean, everything else they ever it was just the noise that men made. Right. And the fact that it killed some people. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I mean, Locke and Echo, as far as we know, are the only people that have seen this thing. And um, Jack and Kate. When did they see it? I when they went all. to the ship. Oh, when they were going to get the dynamite <clears throat> and mm-hmm. stuff. Okay, that's yeah. right. That's right. But he says, you know, folks back at the beach, pretty much everyone who hasn't seen it calls it the monster. Yeah, exactly. You know, everyone who knows what it is don't really call it anything. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. And um, he says the smoke monster might be what brought us here. Mm. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting comment. Yeah. Um, I guess it goes back to if it, it is <clears throat> some type of like a security system that sees, you know, them for mm-hmm. who they were and who they are now. Right. You know, if Locke feels like this is some type of like uh, redemption story, and yeah. it, you know, then he would get that. Okay. It brought us here to judge us basically. Yeah on our second chance. So, I mean, that's kind of what I got from that. I guess we could look at it two different ways. Either it actually brought them to the island, which I think Mm -hmm. is what you're saying, or it kind of brought them to the place they are now, like by killing Echo or something like that. Maybe that it's somehow changed events to get them to where they're at now. Yeah. But either way, I I think we don't know much about it either way. Definitely. And then he says, I believe Echo died for a reason. I just don't know what that reason is. Mm-hmm. So they're off, I guess. I forget where it is they're heading to in this scene. They're going back to the beach. Yeah. Well, but, but they had to make a quick, quick detour. detour. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So the next thing I had, you know, Kate and Sawyer are working on, at the work site, you know, hauling and breaking rocks when a loudspeaker goes off saying, you know, compound breach over and over again. Mm-hmm. It turns out that Alex has, you know, showed up and asked Danny um, what he has done with Carl and wants to know where she can find him. Yeah. And uh, she also asked to talk with Ben. Uh, they take her away and she yells to Kate that they're going to kill your boyfriend just like they killed mine. Mm-hmm. Juliet shows up and asks Kate to put a hood over her head and says if she doesn't, Pickett is going to kill Sawyer. But if she does, there's something she can do to help them or to help save his life. Right. Yeah. So basically just trying to get, to get Kate involved, to do something, um, to try and convince, you know, or to keep Sawyer from being killed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. But a character bit here, um, you know, Kate marries the police officer. I didn't realize his name at this time. It was Kevin Uh and seems to be very happy, you know, despite the fact that she doesn't seem to have told the truth to him. Right. So she's kind of built this, this relationship on, you know, it has to be mostly on lies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless the only thing she's lied about is her name and her past, you know, or her criminal past, right, I, exactly. I should say. I mean, I, which is really hard because it does seem like she has a legitimate relationship with this guy. Yeah. I mean, I think what we're seeing here is the split personality of, of mm-hmm. Kate, you know. I mean, right. one part of her is, you know, totally you know, capable of having a marriage and being, Mm -hmm. you know, a loving wife. And the other part of her is a runner, you know? Right. And, um, so I think the the relationship probably was really true to Mm -hmm. one side of Kate, you know? Yeah. Right. But that, and that's the part of her I don't understand is this part of her that feels like she always has to be running. Yeah. I mean, we, I guess we can talk more about this later, but I don't understand how that, that, uh, desire is so strong that it basically right. ruins every single part of her life. Yeah I, yeah. I mean, it seems like, you know, 
like you're talking about there's so uh, there's two different sides of Kate in in this part that is making a run I mean it, I wonder if well I mean even going back to whenever they were children mm-hmm. um, it he mentioned to the fact that okay well you know Kate you know you'll never be able to do that you'll always be yeah. running you'll always be running yeah, yeah I mean it's kind of a cheesy <laughs> but at the same yeah. time I guess for her she's always been sweet because I almost wanted to just relate the crime to the reason but it seems deeper than that. Yeah. You know, it definitely did this. I mean, it, I was thinking, well, had she not killed her, her stepdad or dad right. or whatever you want to call him, uh-huh. dad actually, um, would she be running? And right. I guess this is just kind of who she is. Yeah. I, I think you're right because it doesn't seem like she's running because of her crime. Right. It's some other reason mm-hmm. that we really don't have any information no, on. Right definitely now. not. I mean, cause well, we'll get to that part later. All right. And Jack's cell, you know, Kate shows up with a bag over her head, and, you know, they're kind of reunited finally, mm-hmm. you know, for the first time this season. It's a great scene. Now let's listen to that. All right. in a cage. So here? He's in a cage, too. They're making us work. Work? On what? I don't know what it is, but it's big. We're all in rocks and... You know. Hey. Did they hurt you? Hey, hey, it's gonna, it's gonna be all right. It's good. Jack, you have to do it. What? This thing that they told you to do, this operation. She said that if you do it, then that they would. What did they do to you? Jack. What did they do to you? Nothing. How did they get you to ask me? What did they offer you? Nothing. Then what are you doing here? They're gonna kill me. I'm so sorry, but she said that if you do it, and if you do it soon, they'll let us go. And you believe them? I have to. Jack? Please. We're done here. Jack! Hey! 
So they're making us work. I don't know what it is, but it's big. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting, because there is a lot of mystery surrounding exactly what it is they're doing out there when they're breaking those yeah, rocks definitely. and hauling them around. Yeah. I don't think that they've they've got like a gravel pit no. that, that they're using to make <laughs> yeah, money on the side. Probably not. But and, I, I mean, it's kind of interesting that Kate said that it was big because I'm not exactly sure what has led her to believe that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, unless it's just a big work site overall. Yeah, maybe. You know, I don't know. But, you know, Jack says, you know, or Jack, if, if you you have to do it, mm-hmm. this thing that they told you to do, this operation, if he agrees, they won't kill Sawyer, basically. Right. Um, and then if he does it, Juliet says they'll let them go. Right. All of them go. And Ben is watching the whole thing from his little monitor room, and he's not happy mm-hmm. that Jack doesn't seem to be giving in to her. Yeah, definitely. Did you have any thoughts from that scene in general? No, it was just interesting to see Juliet still play the front because uh-huh. she obviously wants her to do it, but do, you know, to kill, to kill Ben. Right. But she's still playing this, you know, real innocent, you you know, Jack, you got to do it. We'll let him yeah. go if you do it, you know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, whereas Ben already told Jack if he does it, does it, he'll let him actually leave. Leave. Right. So yeah. uh, I don't know. It's just it's interesting to see Juliet's character, uh-huh. you know, change a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, character bit. You know, Kate seems to be settling even more into the domestic life. You uh-huh. know, she she's buying things for Taco Night. Uh, she goes to the telephone booth and calls the U.S. Marshal in a great scene. And let's listen to that. All right. this morning that it was the Feast of the Ascension and I was feeling bad. On a holy days that come and gone since you last called. I thought you and I were friends. I don't want to run anymore. What's his name? Does he know who you are? Edward, please. I know you don't want to spend the rest of your life chasing me. Please, I love this guy. Just let me go. I'll tell you what. If you can really stay put, you really settle down, and I'll stop chasing you. But you and I both know that's not going to happen. So the I don't want to run anymore comment was interesting. Yeah. Um, like we said, there is a change in her personality, but I mean, in light of what happens later on in this episode, like the way she responds to the whole situation seems the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And especially with his comment about he'll stop chasing her if she really settles down. Yeah. I mean, that just to me just said that he knew that Uh she was going to run again, no matter what. Right. Now that whole conversation was, was really, really interesting because the, from the very beginning, she just says it's me and uh-huh. he knows it's her. Right. He knows exactly who it is just from that. Mm-hmm. And she calls him Edward at one time. Yeah. 
it's a weird a weird relationship yeah i've been saying that the whole the whole yeah. time i mean i don't i don't get it i don't get i don't either i don't yeah. understand you know i can understand you know like if you've seen the movie catch me if you can uh part Tom, of it Tom yeah, Hanks, yeah, yeah yeah i mean they kind of build a relationship yeah. over the course of you know him chasing after this guy for yeah. so long so i can kind of see how they would build a closeness through that yeah but we don't know how long really i guess he's been chasing her no, or, or anything at this definitely point. not so yeah but it really is odd the whole dynamic in the group the fact that he he knew her voice in mm-hmm. like two words you know that kind of thing it's like he's sitting there waiting for her to call again yeah know? yeah basically and um she says edward please i know you don't want to spend the rest of your life chasing me i love this guy just let me go um it seems they they have almost a friendship yeah definitely if, if not more than that mm-hmm. but you know yeah like he says he would let her go if she would calm down or if she would settle down uh-huh and I don't know how much time went by between this phone call and what happens later in the episode, um, but I, I just find it very odd yeah, that she yeah. couldn't just make herself settle down. Yeah, it seems a fairly short time uh, uh, before, you know. Uh, yeah, me too. It just it doesn't seem like it was, it seemed like almost this kind of made her think, you know, oh, I can't, I can't right. do this, mm-hmm. you know. You know, so in her cage, you know, Kate seems to, um, or Kate sees them bring Sawyer back, and mm-hmm. Juliet says, "I'm sorry you weren't able to help us." And they they tell Sawyer if he has anything to say to his girl, he'd best say it tonight. So yeah. he's he's on his way out. Yeah. And uh, Kate tells Sawyer all about the situation with Henry and his tumor, et cetera, all that stuff. And she gets frustrated with him, and you know, crawls out of her cage and breaks him breaks him out of his. And Sawyer says he ain't running because there ain't no place to go. And he mm-hmm. then tells her about the whole two island situation and and how they they can't go anywhere. And he didn't tell her before because he wanted her to believe that they had a chance. Right. And also, it seems as though Kate has decided which guy she wants. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> at least for now. Yeah. And conveniently, conveniently for them, you know, Pickett or the others, you know, decided not to pay any attention to them, you know, for that piece of time. Yeah. And later, Sawyer tell, tells her that he loves her. Yeah. Which I thought was was actually a good scene. Mm-hmm. You know the the situation where he's clearly um, fallen for and really is starting to fall in love with her. Yeah, definitely. And we don't really know whether or not she loves him or if she loves Jack and or both or whatever. Yeah, I think you know um, as I was watching this, it made me think that you know the two parts of Kate love two different men. Uh-huh. You know, and yeah, and this this part of Kate. Um, realizes that you know Sawyer's kind of this outlaw as well. He understands mm-hmm. the life on the run, yeah. and if she's going to be with anybody, it needs to be somebody like that. Yeah. You know, like she's naturally drawn to the Sawyer, yeah, because he's so much similar to her yeah, his personality. But Jack is everything she wishes she could exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you know, in the jungle, Locke and a few others are having a funeral for you know for Echo. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's placing Echo's stick on the grave and is in the middle of saying, you know, thank you for helping me find my, when he notices that the stick says, lift up your eyes and look north. Mm-hmm. A very cryptic statement, but it seems to mean something to Locke. Yeah, definitely. Like it definitely catches his attention. Yeah. And I think he's getting ready to say, help me find my direction, helping me find my purpose, something like that. Right. Just, and I think he's referring to the whole, you know, the button situation. Yep. And him getting him back on track and knowing that that was true. Definitely, definitely. But like you said, Locke definitely he could he deciphered something from that message. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of stopped him right in his tracks. Yeah, it totally reminded me of Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, 
Um, in his cell, you know, Jack starts hearing a voice over the intercom again. Um, it tells him to try the door, and he gets out. He looks around the hatch a little and finds a room full of guns. Um, he also finds the monitoring room and sees Kate and Sawyer together in yes. the cage. Uh, ben sneaks up behind him and says, if it helps, I was surprised too. If I were a betting man, I would have picked her and you. Yeah. And uh, Jack agrees to do the surgery the next morning. And he says he'll get the tumor out and uh, keep him alive, but he needs his word that he'll be able to leave the island. Yep. And to me, this is this scene is a real big change because I think Jack has realized that the one thing he really enjoyed about being there, which I think is Kate yeah. for the most part, mm-hmm. is gone and he needs to get over it. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, okay, I'm going to do what I have to do to get myself out of here. Definitely. I yeah. think at this point, you know, he's, yeah, it's, it's, he's in it for himself. He's, right. you know, I got to do anything and everything to get off here. And it yeah. was the first time he walked in the room, he didn't see Kate and Sawyer. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. And then he goes back <laughs> in his sees. I was like, oh, yeah. I could kind of, I could kind of just probably imagine what he was feeling right uh-huh. then and there, you know? Right. And it's, and it's almost, it's worse. The way he responded was even worse than it would have been if he had gotten real mad and started punching the televisions yeah. and stuff. Cause it like, you feel terrible. For exactly. The guy exactly. There's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. And you know, and he's just totally lost and just decides to go on with it, yep. you know, and get on and do what he has to do to get out of there. Definitely. So, you know, in a character bit, again, we see Kate trying to play house and her husband's, you know, got them tickets to go to Costa Rica for a late honeymoon. And she starts to realize that she's going to have to tell him the truth. Mm -hmm. She later takes a pregnancy test and finds out that she's not pregnant and she's crying, you know, just because it's a really close call. And she decides to tell her husband, Kevin, the truth. Mm -hmm. Let's listen to that. What you working on? Just finishing some IRs on that fugitive recovery to Tampa. It's being a cop is just endless paperwork. Thank you, sweetie. What if I told you I was a fugitive? What if I told you I was on the run for blowing up my father and it was only a matter of time before you found out? This isn't funny. It's not a joke. I almost had a baby, Kevin. Me, a baby. I can't do this. Taco night? I don't do taco night. calm down, Monica. My name's not Monica. I love you. But I can't stay. Oh, wait, hang on, both. Something's wrong with me. I drugged you. You what? I had to. Otherwise, they would think you knew. People are going to be asking a lot of questions, and I didn't want you to lose your job. No, can't. So she's really close to having a baby and that upsets her and yeah. kind of slaps her back into reality and makes her realize the situation mm-hmm. she's in. 
Uh, she tells him, you know, my name is not Monica. She didn't actually tell tell him her name was Kate, did she? No. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. And I love you, but I can't stay. And, you know, she drugged him, left the necklace his mother gave her and left. Yeah. So this is what I was talking about before. You know, she did say she loved the guy. I don't know if the whole baby, you know, possibility thing changed her and made her realize that she didn't want to stay put. But when she called the marshal, she was seemed very certain that she was ready mm-hmm. to quit running and stay put. Well, I think a baby probably changes everything. I mean, uh-huh. you know, she can't run or she, not only if she could run, she'd be abandoning her child. And, right. you know, I think that would bring a whole different element. It would definitely her tie life. her down. There yeah. would be no option to uh-huh. run anymore. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Good point. But, um, yeah, it was just painful, you know, to see her have this real relationship with this guy and her own shortcomings basically force her to leave yeah. the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really want to know more of what happened between the scene with the doctor and her mom and now and after now to the point where she was in, um, oh, what is it, Australia yeah. and got picked up. I just want to know more about what happened with her. Then. Yeah, me too. So in the operating room, you know, Jack prepares for surgery. And before the surgery, Ben asks if Alex, you know, asked about him. Uh-huh. And Juliet says no. Um, they took her home last night, and they don't know where she is now. And just as Jack begins, you know, Pickett and one of his cronies leave, and Pickett says, Ben just put his life in the hands of one of them. Shepard wasn't even on Jacob's list. Yeah. And Pickett goes out to kill Sawyer in a very high-stress and emotional scene. But let's go back to the Jacob's list. Uh-huh. I'd love to hear what you think about that. Well... I'm trying to think of who Jacob is. Um, we, we, we've never know, heard him referenced yeah. before. And um, the list, um, obviously, the only thing I could think of was there was a list mm-hmm. that was created. Um, and, you know, maybe before, before they crashed or after they crashed, I don't know. But mm-hmm. that there was a list that was, you know, good and bad. You know, some people were being taken, some people were in, and Shepard didn't make the list. So right. he's a bad guy. Yeah. You know, and then in my eyes, they they consider him a bad guy, and not someone that is as it been put in the past. You know, the the okay. they weren't one of the good ones. Right. Okay. Yeah. See, I took it a little differently. I took it as um, the people who were on the list. Okay, let's go back here and think about this. Goodwin, when he was talking to Ana Lucia, uh-huh. said, um, "Let's see here that these people." W- weren't good people and that's why they weren't on the list is that what he said Uh so basically good people are the ones on the list right okay so but i think we have different lists going on here Uh because we have the list that goodwin was supposed to be making Mm -hmm. of good people and we have you know ethan who was supposed to have been making a list but never got the chance Mm -hmm. so how are either of those jacob's list oh i i don't know i mean maybe this is jacob's list is some something like, totally different or or it's the compiled you know it's you uh-huh. know it's this person that they're giving them to jacob his right. list you know yeah of people I, I mean that's the only thing i could think of i mean um but it didn't make there's nothing there to make me think that this is any kind of different list oh i uh, know i know here okay the list that they gave michael mm-hmm. to tell him which people to bring back we mm-hmm. don't know who wrote that or who came exactly. up with that so it's very possible that was jacob's list but he, jack was but on jack that list. was on that list yeah. that's right man yeah, so there must be some other list we don't know anything about. Exactly. And whatever the criteria were for being on the list, we can assume Kate and Sawyer were. Yeah. Because he says Jack wasn't even on the list. Yeah. 
So for whatever reason, Kate and Sawyer were on the list. Jack wasn't, but he's there anyway. Uh-huh. And I took it to be more of a positive thing. Oh, really? Like, yeah, it wasn't like Jack didn't deserve to be on the list, but he's here anyway. It's more like, you know, why is he even here? He wasn't even supposed to be here in the first place. Oh, uh, kind of okay, I got kind you. Kind of like he was just complicating things. I got you. Um, but that's the way I took it anyway. But we'll talk more about um, the Jacob stuff later, I'm sure. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, during the surgery, Jack intentionally makes an incision in Ben's kidney sack, whatever that mm-hmm. is. And basically, you know, he's holding Ben hostage to make sure that Kate and Sawyer get away. Yeah. And um, and then he calls Kate on the walkie-talkie. Awesome scene. Yeah. And let's listen to that. So I didn't have a lot of notes from the scene, but it's a very high energy, high stress scene. Definitely. And But the one interesting thing I had was that, you know, you remember the story I told you the day of the crash, you know, when you stitched me up, when you get safe, you radio, radio me and tell me that story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is good on several levels. For me, I always like that part because it's a connection back to season one, which yeah. I have such a fondness for. And uh, it's a reminder of the way things were. Uh-huh. It was like very simple. These were just survivors of a plane crash, yep. and they had no clue any of this stuff was going on then. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it does. I mean, he went. I mean, he went like way back. You know. Yeah. And that was that was <laughs> back I mean, in the old days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was. But it was a great scene, like you said, and um, it was interesting because obviously Jay or Jack see uh, pretty much saved Sawyer's life. Mm-hmm inadvertently you know right. at the exact time i mean yeah and you know honestly allows the relationship to for kate and sawyer to yeah. continue yeah and know. he has no clue what's going on at that time either, which is, is the really interesting thing too yeah. but that whole yeah that whole scene with you know pickett 
you know, holding the gun to Sawyer's head. I thought for sure Sawyer was dead. I did too. That, that episode. Yeah. Man, it was just so stressful. Yeah. And like the whole emotional aspect of it with Kate and Sawyer with this, you know, stronger relationship uh-huh. than they've ever had. And uh-huh. Sawyer looking like he's going to be shot. It was rough. Yeah. Now to, to make it even more rough this, this season, they did something really odd. They haven't done it since then. Um, they had a lot of people complain uh, for the first and second seasons because the way they did it was they would have, they would kind of make episodes as the season was rolling. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they would have delays, and one week you get a new episode, and the next two weeks you might get reruns. Oh, okay. And so then you wouldn't really know when a new episode was coming out sometimes, and people were just totally frustrated. Right. If I remember right, they used to start the season like in in like September, October, or September. Uh-huh. And then it would run kind of through the following May. And so you would only have like 25 actual new episodes. Right. But they, every other week they would have like a rerun. Okay. And it got horrible. It yeah, was just bet. rough. So they split this season up. They had what they called a mini season, which was the first episode through this episode. Oh. And it took place like in November, I think. And uh, that aired for six weeks. Then they stopped for 13 weeks. There were no episodes. And then picked up in February and had the next episode. Oh, man. The Not in Portland episode. So this was supposed to be like a mini cliffhanger, like a mid-season yeah. cliffhanger. And you can see you yeah, know, how definitely. it kind of is. But um, it was kind of like, you know, it was over and you're like, well, you know, I guess we'll wait 13 weeks and <laughs> find out exactly oh what, what happened. But, I mean, I was going to save that and talk about the next episode, but it's just really interesting. I had totally forgotten about them splitting up the season like yeah, this. Like, I, I can imagine having to wait like that. Yeah. But, That's uh, insane. But the next episode is great. I'm really excited to talk about it. There's a lot of interesting stuff in it. Um, but did you have any thoughts about the episode in general? Uh, in general, uh, I thought the ending or the the second part of the episode picked up. The first uh-huh. part was kind of, eh, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, probably of all the episodes, this is kind of a lower one on my on yeah. my list, except right. for the ending. You know. Yeah, the only thing really is this episode, if we really look at it, the only thing really new is learning a little bit about Kate's backstory. Uh-huh. Everything else, I think we could have cut out. I mean, except for the whole, you know, Jack holding Ben hostage yeah. thing. Yeah, right, but right it just seems end. like an episode you could cut out and not miss anything. Yeah, definitely. Well, of course, the mention of Jacob, which seems like a big mystery at the time. Yeah, yeah at this point. But yeah, that's all I had about the episode. Yeah, me too. Okay, well, on Sunday, we'll be discussing Not in Portland, a Juliet-centric episode, a great episode. There's lots of cool stuff in that episode, so I'm really excited to talk about it. But until then, you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at LostMysteryPodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at LostMysteryPodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.